As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Oh, good morning. I want to remind you guys to go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get the athletic for $3.99 a month. You can get this podcast ad free. You can get all the great podcasts ad free with a subscription to the athletic plus all the great writing that's done at the athletic. So you got to go do it. Do it today. $3.99 a month. That's just too cheap. Way too cheap. Uh, today we're going to talk about the, the Thunder and the Rockets, uh, the Thunder without SGA. Uh, Poku and Ty Jerome going to the bubble. And then we'll finish up with, can SGA become an all-star? Uh, so we'll start with uh, Shea Gilson-Alexander is going to miss the game tonight. Uh, he has a left knee sprain. He injured it in the middle of the Rockets game, which was kind of a weird moment. Because <clears throat> Shea clearly went down, got up, and was limping. He limped for probably two possessions. And Degnault pulled him. And Shea was pretty peeved about being pulled out of the game. And he went to his seat for maybe five seconds and then got back up and then went back in the game. It was a very just odd moment during the game. Uh, and then played the rest of the game, but I guess he actually was injured. Um, and to be clear, like after the game, Shea was asked about the situation. Shea was like... Yeah, he's just looking out for me. So there's not like any like beef between Shea and and Coach Mark. But yeah, uh, it's uh, without Shea and without George Hill, who will miss at least four weeks. Will be reevaluated in four weeks. Uh, tonight, I mean, Monday was rough. <laughs> Monday was a rough game. Yeah. Uh, tonight could be really, really what, really rough. It should be rough. So we've got George Hill out for four weeks. Yeah. And then Shea is day-to-day. I mean, it didn't sound like they, – they didn't say, like, oh, he's going to be out at least a week or something. No, I mean, the, this is just on the – I mean, the NBA puts out an injury report like three times a day, yeah. and I was just checking it to see, and Shea was listed as out. And then that. Poku's out, one of Poku's our best gone. defensive players. Yeah. Gone forever. Gone for good. And, uh, yeah, so Melodon is going to get to do uh, – he's going to get to lead the team. 
Congrats to him. Don't you think Hami will start? What? Oh, not over Tao, but you mean with Tao? With him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Tao is the lead ball handler. Is he? Yes, please. Come on. Is he if, if Hami's going to be bringing up the ball, it is going to be a long night. Because, I, I mean, the, I think the fun thing about tonight, until it's not fun and, and none of us are paying attention to the game halfway through, would be that Teo's going to get to run the, the starter offense, which kind of doesn't exist. But still, getting to play against the other team's starters, I think that would be a, a good experience. It'll be something to watch. Yeah. He'll yeah. pass Al Horford some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, that, that, that Houston game was brutal. I mean, the... Remember at the beginning of the year, I posted a a few tweets and I was saying that one of the things that suggests this team is playing a little bit over their heads is that the three-point percentage of their opponents is super bad right now. Opponents were shooting something like 33%. That was top five, I guess you would say, in the league in terms of OKC being lucky. Well, that has completely changed over the past couple games, and especially with that game against the Rockets where they, I think they shot over 50% from three, they are now at 16th (laughs) in that ranking. Yeah. So they are now neither lucky or unlucky. Everything has normalized. And that was one of the things that was going to change, that was going to, like, shift this season. It just all happened in one game, it felt like. (laughs) It just happened in one quarter. It just all happened at once. It was... And it did. It felt like it. Like you could feel it, like amongst the team. And the Rockets were, a, honestly, kind of a joy to watch because I hadn't heard all season a team cheer for one another like the Rockets did. Well, uh, and that was what I was. I don't know if I would say worried about, but going into that game, I knew it was going to be different from the other games we had played because I do feel like there is a component to the season where other teams maybe are. Uh, underestimating the Thunder, mm-hmm. and, or, or maybe like playing down to them, not pl- not yeah. bringing their A game. Whereas yeah, like definitely. Houston has a roster full of guys who are <laughs> miffed and peeved right now. All of them, yeah, they all have something to prove. Like Christian Wood was cut several times in his career, and he's trying to prove that he's even an All Star type of guy. I mean, it's, you'll hear his name amongst like All Star candidates. Yeah, and then of course John Wall coming back. Oh, from, John Wall, you know, year and a half. Boogie. Then, Boogie, like Eric Gordon, who everyone said yep. washed up last year. Like it's just yep. the entire roster is just like hungry and wants to destroy everyone and prove everyone wrong. <laughs> Daniel so Mouse getting kicked out of the bubble. <laughs> it was a bad recipe, in other words, for the Thunder <laughs> because this wasn't like Houston teams of past where maybe you could like catch them on a night where James Harden is just messing around and no one really right. cares. Right. Yeah, I, it was it was something else. And the first quarter, although the Thunder got killed, it was really astonishing to watch a team go they go eleven of thirteen in the quarter. Yeah. I mean, that was that was just crazy. It was honestly it like brought me to actual laughter when those shots toward the end of the quarter started just kept going down because you kind of when shots start falling it's a like a typical NBA rhythm for them to just stop I mean that's just the way that it typically goes and you'll have these rare nights where that happened with Houston it happens Fred Van Vliet last night where his shot just 
you just thought, okay, like that's cool. Like Fred's had a really nice start to the game and it just never got turned off. Uh, and that happens. And it, it happened against Houston. The Thunder still, I mean, the Thunder tried hard. They battled. Uh, but I think you could also, and Barry Trammell had, had brought this up in the uh, post game that is, is the, he, he asked if like the, if defense can slump, which, and Mark Degnall was like, yeah, definitely. And he, he, he said he'd have to look at the tape, but he thought that, you know, they weren't competing like they had been. And you could see yeah. it. And some of that could be you see 11 threes go down in one quarter. It's like, all right, let's pack it in, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that was just and, – and the crazy thing was it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't like a Clay Thompson doing it or a Fred Van Vliet. It was the entire yeah. team. Every single yeah. guy who shot it was shooting amazingly. <laughs> It really was. It was brutal. And then on the flip <laughs> side, like, that was the first game. I mean, there, there there have been other blowouts this season, but that was one of the first games where it really felt like someone has to score the points. Like, I didn't necessarily – I yeah. wasn't taken away a lot from the Thunder side, especially, like, after no. that first quarter. It was probably the first game where – because they got killed by the Nets, but Teo had his big game. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the first game of the season where you're like, yeah, there's really nothing there <laughs> for the <Right>. Thunder. <laughs> like, Bays had a nice game. He wasn't great. Um, yeah. Bays has scored double digits in four straight games, which it feels like he started to break out of that slump he was in. Um, well, which- it's it goes, with the, it goes with the working theory that Bays and Dort can't have good games on the same night. Mm, interesting. So we're sacri- right now. Like, if you're excited about Bays, what you're sacrificing is Dort. You're sacrificing wow. Dort to the basketball gods right now. Whenever you cheer for Bays to do well, so just so, just so you know, that's that's what you're doing. Well, it was, it's very funny watching like the sports card market because at the beginning of the season, like Bays's prices were all inflated. Yeah, and then when he went through that slump, like. Now I feel like you can get Baisley rookies for relatively cheap. Like, they've gone down a little. Meanwhile, yeah. Dort went the opposite way. So I wonder if we'll see uh, Dort prices come down. Because they're pricey, <laughs> Andrew. Are they really? Well, I mean, it's... not like – he doesn't have many rookies to begin with. But yeah. just – I don't know. People just got excited about him all at the same time. Yeah. So since the second Clippers game – Things have been rough for him. That was the first game that he missed a three. He was 0-6 in that game, 1 of 4 against Portland, 4 of 8 against Phoenix, which was good, but then 1 of 9 against Brooklyn, and then 1 of 4. So what's his uh, season percentage at now? So it's in the 36. Yeah, it's in the 30s. Hold on. Uh, 37.6, which is still very good. (laughs) Very, very good. (laughs) If you just keep shooting bad, we'll just keep saying that. Like, 33%. 33%. Hey, we said at the beginning of the season, if he can shoot Honestly, 33%. if we get to 32, I'm still like, still pretty good. I still take it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, tonight should be uh, buckets of fun. We'll get to see a lot of Hami, a lot of uh, all the guys on our bench. Unfortunately, we don't get to see Poku. And I'm actually... I know we had talked about this a little bit, but I'm actually in favor of him going to the G League bubble. And the, and the reason is because, as we all agree, this pick was a home run swing, right? It's not, yeah. it's not a single. It's not a double. And mm-hmm. in the preseason, 
it looked like a home run swing in the sense mm-hmm. that yes he was terrible but he had so much confidence and he was trying to do everything and yeah. then the season started and it felt like oh man he's getting to do some things but he's also just kind of having to slot in as like this ninth man on an NBA roster and just yeah. kind of like do normal basketball things and I really just want to see him do whatever he wants because again mm-hmm. this is a home run swing he's not for us to connect on that home run swing it's not going to be from him just like hanging out in the corner maybe getting to pass the ball every once in a while like I, I think it's going to be from him getting to develop all these skills that so far it doesn't necessarily look like he has them but he needs the opportunity and so maybe he will get that in the G League bubble in addition to getting to play against some of these prospects who are actually on his level you know like getting yeah. to play against a Kuminga or a Jalen Green like I think that will be a really good experience as well yeah i hope so i hope it's a good thing for him i have questions about it i mean it's it's great we're gonna we're gonna people are gonna be tuning in when we play that g league ignite team oh man yeah it's gonna be a blast two well i mean i'll we'll be i'll be live tweeting that game i mean 100 percent it's gonna be you should try to get in the g league bubble andrew is is it in, it's in Orlando, right? I believe it is. Yeah. I mean, I you're, don't You're a big Disney guy. That would be great, actually. That would be wonderful. I would love to go. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't are media going to this? Well, I don't like, know. Somebody would, has to go. I, do they? I don't know. Um so the blue had the coach of the blue talked to the media yesterday. His name is Grant Gibbs. And he was asked about Poku and he said he he thought that this was kind of the plan all along for him. Hmm. Uh, so, which I did, I don't know, I I hadn't really gotten that impression and was a little bit surprised. And a lot of people I talked to just media-wise were surprised too that he is ended up going just because he's playing. Like if he wasn't playing at all, you know, if they were treating him like he was Bruno, like the Raptors did with Bruno where they just basically didn't play him, then yeah, you have to send him. You have to. But you're playing 20 minutes a night in the league? I was a little surprised. I was a little bit surprised. And I, and I have concerns that he, I mean, he's he's far away from being like a legit contributor. Because uh, I'm not sure that Poker really plays on hardly any other teams in the league. So he's pretty far away from being a contributor. Uh I am. <laughs> if he plays in the NBA, it's okay if he doesn't look good, right? If he goes to the G League and doesn't look good, then it's start. Then I feel like people are going to be closer to pushing the panic button. See, I, I don't feel that way just because he's still the he's the youngest player in the league. Like I yeah, just I get I do, I don't really care what happens okay. this year or I, even next I, year. I'm glad. I I think that's the right approach. I think that's the correct approach with this. I'm just saying, if Poku doesn't look good, it's it's going to it's going to be an interesting ride for some Thunder fans. I mean, he hasn't looked good this. I mean, already. I and, know. And that's what I'm been, saying. Like, I yeah, know. I don't know. It, it's the G League. Like, I just don't think there'll be a ton of eyes on it. It'll be a good. Experience. It's on national television. Yeah, but I mean, who's watching other than when someone plays the G League Ignite? The, the, I don't like, know. Those are the only games. People will watch the Ignite games, though. 
Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm going to be watching those. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just not worried. This is okay. everyone just needs right. to to take a break with Poku. Just we're sending him off to school. You know, he's going to boarding <laughs> school. He's going to be there for a little while. He's going to be learning a lot of things, and he's going to come yep. back. <laughs> It'll be great. What? Well, and they did consider sending Maladon and Isaiah Roby to the bubble as well and decided to keep them. And they realized but they would have no players on their team. <laughs> if they didn't have Maladon tonight. It would be Hami. Hami all it day. Would be, it would be Hami time. 48 minutes of Hami time, which yeah. I might sign up for, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> I think it might be quite enjoyable. Uh, let's go to the stream. We have Fluki from Germany. We have uh, Miguel Devella from the Philippines. We have Yoni from Tel Aviv. We have Brian from Madison, Wisconsin. We have the diabetic from Hydro, Oklahoma. Hey. We got Chad Scott here in OKC. Robert Hancock in Dallas, Texas. We have Adam Brandt from uh, Pennsylvania. Man. Down to Dunk Worldwide. Joseph Detterman from Kingsville, Texas. We have Ben DeHover from Hawaii. Wow. This is great. This is wonderful. It's real, wait, it's really early in Hawaii, right? Hey, he heard about the stream. Had to be on. Wow. DTD Worldwide. Wow. Worldwide. Uh, so, yeah, the Thunder play the Rockets tonight. Uh, without Shea, it should be quite an experience. So, uh Tune in. We'll all be we'll all be watching, seeing maybe maybe we can get some maybe we can get a big Teo game. Cause there is something about Poku and Teo, they both kind of have these attributes. Like they're not scared they don't seem to be rattled or scared of anything. So um I'm excited to see what he can do with the opportunity. Uh Ty Jerome also going to the bubble. I assume he's gonna play. Haven't seen him play basketball, but hopefully uh he gets to uh, participate in some of these G League games. Uh, and with that, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the All-Star team. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back from that break. Uh, Alex, let's talk about this All-Star game, which actually is going to happen March 7th. I don't know who's asking for it. 
I don't know who's pushing at this, uh, but they're going to have a game. Uh, oh, shout out to Parker from Denver as well. So, and T Trope from Miami. Wow. And somebody's name I can't pronounce from Iceland. Longtime listener in Iceland. Oh, there aren't so that cool. many people in Iceland, Alex. I, I've been to Iceland. Uh, I know you have, yeah. It's a beautiful country. Beautiful country. Wow. Wow. I wonder if you know my friend Hoflor, who's from Iceland, who I went to college with. Let oh, me know really? in, the, in the chat. So let's talk about locks for this game, Alex. Who yeah. in the Western Conference do you have as a lock? Yeah, because there's two questions. One is, will Shea make the All-Star team? And the other question is, does he deserve to make the All-Star team? And I think it's much easier to answer the question of, will he make the All-Star team? Because you start going through these names. Looking at last year's voting, this would be my guess for the starters. I think it's going to be Luka, Steph Curry, Kawhi, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. And if you're saying, okay. why is Jokic not on there? Go look at last year's voting. Jokic was had half the amount of votes as Kawhi did. <laughs> <laughs> like I think because Kawhi's in LA and and same with LeBron and Davis like they're just going to get those votes. In fact, I would almost say that Zion has a better chance to make these starters than Nikola Jokic. I'm not <laughs> that saying that's so going to sad. That is I'm, so sad. It is, but and I don't think that's going to happen, but like that would not surprise me. And yeah. I I think that's the only way Zion gets on this team. Mhm. Although I don't know. I'll, I'll talk about that. I don't later. know, so, man. I don't know. I, I think the league would like to have Zion in the game. I know. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like, this is the same league that basically created this play-in scenario last year to try to get Zion into the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Are they really not going to tell Frank Vogel, like, hey, could you please select Zion? Yeah. Think <laughs> really about Zion Williamson. Just give him a, send him a text that just says, think about Zion Williamson. Nothing else. Not suggesting it's about the All-Star game, but just saying, think about him. Right. So those five, let's let's leave out Zion for now. So those five, Jokic obviously is a lock for the, for lock. the bench. Damian yeah. Lillard is a lock. Dame is a lock. Paul George, I think, is an absolute lock for the bench. He's a lock. Yeah, and then I, I have not named one jazz player, and I promise you they are going to take at least two jazz players. Two ja- Yes. Mitchell and Gobert, I've got them locked in. Yes. Lock them in. They're on the bench. So they're locked in. So if just that happens, you have two spots left. We already talked about Zion, who could be one of those. I think you almost have to lock him in, just because of the spectacle that he is. I I honestly agree, but I don't think people have realized that yet. Because, like, no one's really talking about Zion that much this year, even though he's on TV. Just because his team is so, like, disgusting to watch most nights. They are. So, if we if we agree that, now there's only one spot left. One spot. One spot. Good players and, left. And the players I had, Brandon Ingram, Chris, with which if Zion gets in, Brandon Ingram probably not getting in. Christian yeah. Wood, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Shea, Mike Conley, and Ja. Now, Ja has only played seven games. I just wanted to say him because if he had played a full season, like I absolutely think he'd be right there. Mm-hmm. I don't think like De'Aaron Fox is in – this conversation so no. for me it's just so obvious that Shea's not going to get in because they are going to take a phoenix sun whoever it is yeah it'll be booker i think and it probably should be chris paul to be honest but because i think if you look at if you compare Shea to booker like Shea is having a much better season than booker yeah yeah 
I think Booker's but, still trying to figure things out. But yes, uh, they're absolutely going to take a Phoenix Sun, and it'll probably be Devin Booker. Yeah, just because he's more popular. I mean, Devin Booker did really well in the voting last year, so he's like a, a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like there's zero chance that Shea's getting into the All Star game, especially now. Like I would have said this even before we found out he was going to miss the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he misses any significant amount of time, obviously it's done. But even if he comes back the next game, the only way I can see him getting in is with injuries to other players or if players back out because they don't want to go yeah. to the all-star bubble, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, I would say there's not zero chance, but it is not looking good. Um, it is not looking good at all for him, uh, which is kind of a, it's kind of a bummer because he has played really well. And he's of all the guys that you're talking about being on the on the bubble for the for that last spot or those last two spots, like he's like the most efficient player out of all of them. Uh, yeah, and, and so that gets into the second question: is should Shea be an All Star? And yeah. the thing that I think um, makes that question a lot more interesting this year is that the Western Conference is so mediocre beyond that top four. So. Yep like the team records really shouldn't be playing that much of a factor outside of those top four teams. Mm-hmm. And because that's the case, I think you can make a very good argument that Shea should be in comparing him to guys like Mike Conley, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Donovan, even Donovan Mitchell, and then Ja. Um, as we mentioned, like mm-hmm. the jazz are 15 and five, they're going to get two guys in. But if you, if you yeah. leave that out for a second, like SJ absolutely competes with all of these guys and i sent you an excel file where Mm -hmm. i just went to basketball reference took all the the big stat categories you know points rebounds free throws assist percentage usage win shares three-point attempt rate true shooting and i color-coded it and just going across the only one when you're comparing shea to these other guys that shea is like quote-unquote bad in is his free throw percentage Everything mm-hmm. else, he is middle of the pack or top of the pack. Like yeah. he is and the, it's not – and his free throw percentage is like 76%, which isn't right. bad. Yeah, it's not – yeah, it's not terrible. Like yeah. he is the best of these guys at getting to the line, which I think mm-hmm. is really impressive. Yeah. Even though he's on a team that is under 500, he is third in win shares behind only Mike Conley and Chris Paul. <laughs> he has the highest true shooting. Like yep. he is a very – worthy candidate and he's the type of candidate yeah. that typical like NBA smart guys would love because the the case yeah. for Shea is almost a a statistical case you know like in years past when we'd be arguing for Russ to get in it's like how how would you not have Russell Westbrook like it's Russell Westbrook right. he just he's an all-star like he just is like yeah. we weren't even like trying to make like a good statistical case because it's like it's just Russ. <laughs> like you just put Russ in. You didn't have to, yeah. And now with Shea, it's like flipped, where like we're, we're having to like drill down into all these statistical categories because his statistical case is really good. And I think there will mm-hmm. be people, and who knows, maybe it's like Zach Lowe or or Danny and Nate who are going to be making the case for Shea because the case is there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's hard to make a case today. However, like voting ends, I think on the sixteenth of February, and if they, I mean, they will likely lose tonight without Shea because the, the team identity just is gone. I just don't know who scores the points. And then 
I don't know if he plays against Minnesota, and Carl, Ta- Carl Anthony Towns is likely to play in, in at least one of these games this weekend. And right. he could, like, not only the Thunder, but Shea could lose some serious momentum by the end of next week. Because if they don't, if they don't get more than two wins out of this Houston Minnesota Minnesota homestand, like that's bad. Like that's no, could you not that not good for the Thunder. And then they have Lakers, Lakers, Denver, Milwaukee, Portland, Milwaukee, and like that's tough. Like that's really tough. Uh, I guess that last Milwaukee game will be after the voting has been done, but still. Like that's Lakers, Lakers, Denver, Milwaukee, Portland. Like they maybe get one of those. Yeah, especially if I mean we know George Hill's going to be out. George Hill will certainly be out. I mean, just that could kill some momentum that that he has gained in this first half of the season. I think if it were if you stop today and voting ended today, uh, he should he should definitely be an All Star. I think that he in this Western Conference. He has been better than Devin Booker, Chris Paul. You can, I mean, you can argue that he's been better than Donovan Mitchell, although Mitchell's been on a, a much better team. John Morant, just because he's played more games, he's. I could argue that he's more deserving than Zion. So you could definitely make. I think you're right. You can make the case that he should be on the team. I just don't. I'm with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that wins do matter, and once you get past that Denver game, I think that it's going to be harder to make the case for right. him to be on the team. Because if that's the, if that's what happens, like if they lose the majority of these next this next stretch, people will basically be able to just write it off and say, "Well, yeah, he's playing great, but he's on a really bad team," and they mm-hmm. won't go any further than that. Like I'm sure I'm going to hear that on podcasts. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's having a nice season, but th- th- it's, it's a bad team, so who cares? But when you actually look at the stats, like, it, this is not a, like, good stats, bad team guy at all. Because no. usually what that no. looks like is super inefficient, and meanwhile, SGA is one of the most efficient of all of these guards. He's, taking only, he's only taking 14 shots a game. <laughs> and and scoring you know, like, basically the same amount of points as Booker and Mitchell. Like Booker and Mitchell yeah. are both under 23 points per game and Shea is at 21.8. Mm-hmm. Like he's right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah, you could I mean the, he's he's really close to on their level as players, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. And th- that actually years younger than both those guys. Like doing this exercise made me start to question like okay, I can start a team and I can have one of these three guards. Who am I taking? Shea, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. Who would you take? I okay. So the only thing. The, okay, so three point shooting is a big thing. Mitchell That's is shooting thing. is taking eight threes per game, eight point six threes per game, shooting thirty nine percent, which is absurd. <laughs> Devin Booker is taking six point two threes per game, shooting thirty six percent, and then Shea is mm-hmm. down at four point six attempts. You know, that's mm-hmm. a big differentiator between those guys. The other big differentiator mm-hmm. for me is that we still haven't seen Shea show the ability to just go out and drop 40 on a night. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas obviously Devin Booker scored 70 points in a game and Donovan Mitchell was insane yeah. in the in the bubble playoffs. So 
for those reasons, I totally understand people taking Booker and Donovan Mitchell. But again, those guys are two years older. And I've already seen such a big jump from Shea this year. And he is the type of guy who is always going to look better when you look at the stats. Like that Mm -hmm. fact that he is that high in win shares, I thought like really stuck out to me. Because Mm -hmm. if you look across these guys and at their win shares, like it's not surprising that Chris Paul and Mike Conley, two guys who we have always talked about as like these are just winning players that you have on your team, Mm -hmm. that they're high in win share. Meanwhile, like Devin Booker's win shares are like very low in comparison. So I think you can make the argument that to create a winning team, you might take Shea, but it's, it comes with an acknowledgement that you really need like a, a higher wattage star next to him. Mm-hmm. Unless he can develop into you, that. Yeah, I think that I, I think it's totally possible. I think that's within him. He is, he really does defer to his teammates a lot, uh, which I think is ultimately a good thing for this team. And, Maybe not the best thing for his career overall because we've seen like Westbrook didn't defer to anybody and he became the MVP. Right. You know, I mean, it was, I, that can be a great thing for your career to not defer. It's been a really good thing for Trey Young. That's, Trey Young didn't that's defer why, to, to anybody. That's why I don't want Poku to defer to anyone. That's why I want him to go to the bubble. Poku's <laughs> the man. Let him do whatever he wants. <laughs> oh, Poku. This is year six for Devin Booker. Mm hmm. I mean, to me, it's it's. I think it. I think I would probably take Devin Booker, but he's had three more years than Shea in the league. Yeah, that's a lot of time. Like that's a lot of minutes. That's a lot of reps. That's a lot of time to kind of figure out who you are as a player. It's crazy that he's in year six and he's only twenty four years old. <laughs> that is just so wild. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it. I at the beginning of the season, I would have said you're crazy if you don't take Booker or Mitchell but I I think that he has made the case and not only in the scoring category but as a passer and as an efficient pick and roll player he's been tops in the league he is much he's been a much better pick and roll ball handler than Mitchell has I mean it's it's really not it's not close at all uh, the caliber of player that he's been and McKelly and I talked about that on Monday so you know, I I would probably even take Shea, one, because he's still on his rookie scale deal. And two, I think that you it's easier to build like a really good team around him as long as you can get top picks in the draft. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the I mean, that is one of the nicest things about Shea. Um, now, now, the people who would argue for Mitchell and Booker would say like the player you're describing or you're about, I'm about to describe is are those guys. But the nice thing about Shea is that you could bring in a high powered score guard. Yeah. And it would mm-hmm. be fine. Like you could, he could play with Devin Booker. He could play with Donovan Mitchell. No doubt. No doubt. And I, I think that's really nice for their flexibility going forward because it, yeah, they're never going to get in a scenario like the Kings were where they're like, well, we have De'Aaron Fox. Do we really want another ball handler and oh Luka Doncic? I know. And I don't think the Thunder would ever do that regardless but like make that type of a decision but Shea just makes everything so much easier because we've already seen it he's played with two guards two point guards at the same time and he excelled yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I and I think that he's a point guard I had questions about that prior to the season as well and and it seems like he wants to be a point guard 
He without a doubt wants to be. He wants he he very much wants to be the leader of this team. Um, he hates losing. He wants to he wants to win every game he can. He takes it personally, which he should, and that's good. Like those are those are good qualities, and it's going to be a tough end of the season for him. And people are going to start questioning stuff about him. We talked about this even before the season started. We talked about, like, we can write the storylines before they even happen. Like, somebody is going to write something in April or whatever. Like, Shea Gillis-Alexander, we've we've heard from blah, 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 that Shea Gillis-Alexander is unhappy. You know, and honestly, if you're a Thunder fan, like, you should actually, you might actually should be excited about that. Because that means like he wants to win desperately, and the Thunder do as well. Like that's not out of alignment with what the Thunder want. The Thunder, yes, they're going to lose games, but they're doing it because they want to ultimately win. And we've talked about this all the time. I don't need to keep going over it, but that's it's a storyline that could happen because he was like visibly upset after that Rockets game, and I don't know if some of it was his injury or or what, but he was he was visibly upset after the game. And it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. And also, I wouldn't start worrying. I wouldn't worry about him because they're going to throw a max contract extension at him, and he'll he'll slap that smile right back on his face. I mean, that's just that's how this happens. I mean, the Kings have always gotten those guys to sign their second deal. It just doesn't happen where people forego um, that max extension. It just it just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, no, I am I am so much higher on Shea's ceiling than I was at the beginning of the season, um, mm-hmm. and and I think it's mostly because we've he's just been allowed to show us who he is as a player and who he wants to be as a player, and that all gets me really excited. I think we all knew he was a winning player. He is the mm-hmm. type of guy who is going to lead to winning basketball, um, but to do it in the way he's doing it as that lead ball handler is just so exciting. I mean, he had a. He had a step back against the Rockets. It didn't even go in, but he got so much space on it. Like he got yeah. so far away from the defender <laughs> in a couple of moves. And as that continues to develop, along with his ability to draw fouls, like we we are looking at a potential hyper efficient superstar. Yeah. In fact, I was uh we, we, we talk about his drives, you know, a lot. And he, he's mm-hmm. uh, second in drives. And I was looking at the NBA.com stats, and he is second. And I was looking at how many free throw attempts he gets out of those drives. And it was really interesting that he is tied with Luca and Trey. They all generate 3.2 free throw attempts out of their 20-plus drives per night. But obviously, huh. those other two guys get a lot more free throw attempts. I mean, Trey's up like around ten oh, yeah. per game. Yeah. So I just, yeah. I, I, it's, it's and I, I guess it's just the all the other components of their games, their ability to draw fouls on the perimeter, is where they're getting all these fouls, or maybe the stats aren't perfect at picking up like what counts as a drive or not. Mm-hmm. It just, I just thought it was it's weird also, that he's tied with them. Yeah. Is, is it also? It also could be the whining. That both of those guys do that Shay just doesn't do. Oh, we, we should. Can we talk about that real quick? So, yeah. Zach Lowe, quote Luca has become one of the biggest whiners in the NBA. It's constant. Every time he drives, <laughs> he, he is whining. He spent so much energy <laughs> whining to the referees and slumping his shoulders to teammates. It sucked the life out of the team many times. Did you have this prepared? Yes. 
<laughs> because I just I think it's really interesting what's going on with Luca and the media right now and and fans. Yeah. And I didn't think yeah. it was inevitable because I actually thought the Mavs were going to be really good this year. But this is how it typically goes for the superstars, um, like for the big time superstars. I mean, we we heard conversations, not this kind of conversation, but conversations like this about LeBron early in his career. Um, And I just think it's so interesting because Luca was like odds on MVP favorite going into this season. I know we had we had a question before the season if I would take Luca or the the field. field. Yeah, glad I took the field. Smart it. man, smart man. <laughs> um, but I, I just thought that was crazy to see something like that. That was like really a turning point in the media narrative about Luca for Zach Lowe to come out and call out his whining. Dude, if Zach Lowe is saying it, then yeah. And it's apparent. Like you just watch 10 minutes of a Mavs game. You're like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. And you, see a, very, you see a lot more people on Twitter making the connection between, oh, this is actually starting to look a lot like James Harden in Houston, which people talked about last season. But it, mm-hmm. but it was like, wow, he, play, he plays a lot like Harden, but I enjoy watching it. Whereas now it's flipped. It's like, oh, this looks like Harden. And oh, yeah, I don't like this either. Like the Mavs are not uh-huh. fun to watch right now. Uh-huh. I know. And I don't know what, what they do going forward because obviously they're going to have a max spot this summer, but there's not going to be a ton of free agents Porzingis is like this huge question mark to the point where that pick this year might actually be relevant for the Knicks, which is wild. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks could have a couple nice picks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they could. Right now, the the Mavs pick is better than their own pick with regards to odds. Right, yeah. Which I don't think that – I don't think that holds, but they're in a similar like OKC situation. You know, where like OKC has the better of Miami and Houston. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like Miami's seven and 13. When does this turn around for them? <laughs> uh, I think, I think it will. I think it eventually will turn around for them. Uh, but it's, uh, it's not looking, it has not looked good. And like Myers Leonard, like you can be like, ah, oh, yeah, Myers Leonard doesn't really matter. He, he kind of matters to their depth. And what they can do in the regular season. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, played quite a few minutes last season and is helpful to them as a stretch big and a guy that just flexes like crazy. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's wild. And I've actually started wondering because I was looking at Oladipo's stats, who mm-hmm. is someone that everyone I think has just kind of forgotten about for good reason. Yeah. I mean, he didn't play for a full year. Um, but his stats are almost identical to where he was pre-injury. Wow. The only thing down... He was good. He was super good the other night. Yeah. yeah. The only thing down is his shooting. He's not shooting it nearly as well from three. He's still but He's like at 31%. Um, mm-hmm. But if he keeps playing like this and the Rockets keep winning, which they've won six in a row now, and they end up being the fifth seed or whatever, I could easily see him being turning into like the free agency prize of this summer which is wild to think based on where he was a year ago. And Go he, to the Mavs! Exactly. That's what I'm wondering, which that seems like such a short-sighted move. Yeah, it does. I, and it could work out because, you know, maybe Old Depot just continues to get back, and by the end of the season we're talking like, this, is, this guy's an all-star again. Like he's back to being his all-star form, and he's mm-hmm. a good piece to add to that team. He's still only 29, or he's, actually he's just going to be 29. 
But man, surrounding Luca with Porzingis and Oladipo going forward is just really scary to me. <laughs> that is not what I want. Yeah. That's, and this is, you know, like, I don't know. That's why you don't give up on the tank early. That's why you don't pull the plug early with young, whenever you find your young stud. Because I know, and like the Porzingis thing may end up working out, but and he had injury problems in New York. I mean, that wasn't a mystery. I mean, that's that was a huge part of it. And that trade may end up just being fine anyways. But I don't know, man. They're they're locked in. They're kind of locked into who, they, who they've got. And they're going to have to, you know, Donnie Nelson's going to have to get creative in order to, to get some, some good pieces around Luka. Oh, man. So I'm at tankathon.com right now. If uh, just by odds only, the Thunder – have the fourth best odds in the draft having Miami's pick. Uh, They have the ninth best odds with their own pick. And then Houston with their win streak has put themselves into, to the 18th pick in the draft, Um, which (laughs) happened very quickly. And it's just because you mentioned this earlier, like it's a very mediocre um, year for everybody. Like there's so many teams that have between eight and 11 losses in the league. Right. It's almost the entire NBA. And that's it does make these wins and losses even more heavy with regards to the Thunder's picks with Miami and OKC and Houston, that you go on a six-game win streak and you think, oh my goodness, we're going to have you know these two great lottery picks. It's like, oh, well, we may have you know a, a nice first-round pick and the Thunder's lottery pick. Right, yeah, that's that's yeah. possible, and my and who knows with Miami? I mean, they've they have not been able to get it together, and this is going to be, uh, and I've said this on lots of shows that like this is the sacrificial lamb season for the NBA. The NBA is just going to trudge forward to get this season over with, so next season can look as normal as possible, and there will be um, teams that will pay the price for that, and Miami just might be one of those teams. That just may happen, uh, which is a bummer for Miami, who just made a finals appearance. But uh, some team is going to come away from the season and feel like things were not fair or things weren't done correctly. Uh, but it's all just in the name of money and getting this league back on the schedule that they want it to be on. And the good news for the Thunder is, unlike the Rockets pick, the Miami pick is completely unprotected. It's completely unprotected. I mean, what if Jimmy Butler gets hurt? Like, they've been terrible without him. If Jimmy gets hurt and goes out for an extended period of time, yeah, they're screwed and they don't have their pick. (laughs) That's that's where it could get pretty interesting for the Thunder. And it and I I've honestly I have dismissed those questions up to this point, and I'm still kind of dismissing it just because I believe believe that the the heat will get it together and that they'll at least you know be like the seventh seed or something like that in the eastern conference because i i mean just like with the rockets it just takes like get it going for six games and then you're right where you want to be i mean that's that's all you have to do (laughs) in order to get yourself in the right position is just to have a good six game streak boom you're there which again and houston's likely going to win tonight and it's going to put them i mean then they'll have a the same record as Portland. I mean, it's just it's crazy. And that's really great 
for those teams like Sacramento or New Orleans who could still tell themselves, oh, all we mm-hmm. need is like a five-game run and we're right back in this, which is true. Mm-hmm. But that is like so yeah. tempting yeah. the further we go into the season. Oh, yeah. You're in striking distance. Right, forever. Like just <laughs> Seriously, it's going to be until the end of the season that these teams can say like, ah, I think that we can get there. <laughs> 10th seed like all we have to do is get to the 10th seed and then we can tell ourselves we made the playoffs yeah (laughs) I mean that would be that would be crazy my okay so James Anderson in the chat says Miami plays Washington and New York their next four games Mm. well now uh, I I was gonna um, be down on the Knicks but now now I'm back up on the Knicks you know what they're a they're strong team (laughs) They're building a good culture, good defensive mindset. I, I'll, t- I'll take them in that game. Yeah, I'll take that. Hey, Russ is back. It would be my declaration. There we go. Like Russ, he's back. Yep. Sounds like so sounds I'm like zero and two. Sounds like zero and two for the Heat. Too bad. Uh, that's right. <laughs> not worried about it. No, 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 no. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, uh, anything else, Alex, before we go? Uh, no, I mean, I thought that report about Bradley Beal was really interesting, just throwing cold water yeah. straight from the source on the idea that he wants out. Um, yeah. I, that obviously just changes the landscape of the season because I think if, Bra- mm-hmm. if Brad Beal wanted out, he would obviously be the biggest prize that would be moved before the trade deadline. He would. And it seems like Without that's just not going to happen. That neither party is interested in, the Wizards or Beal, and that still yeah the Wizards and the Wizards in particular are just there's just no way, which yeah. would scare me. But they obviously feel good about it because I, I mean it's after next season that he could be a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean in the story, it's Beal has. You know, told Fred, like Fred's done these exclusive interviews with him, that he's obsessed with the Mavericks 2011 title. Yeah. And that, like, I just want to be like, hey, man, did you know that you're the franchise you're playing for hasn't won 50 games since the 1970s? I, like, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, 
obviously we wish every player was like this because it's just it's really cool when you have a guy who wants to take that on the way that like Lillard yeah. did or Lillard does in yeah. Portland or Dirk did yeah, in, no in Dallas. That is really cool because there were moments last night watching that Nets game, Nets against the Clippers, where like, yes, it was cool seeing so many stars on a team, but to go like multiple minutes without even noticing Kevin Durant was on the floor was such a weird experience. Even more so than when he was on the Warriors because he was still one of the two biggest offensive forces on that team. Whereas on this team, yeah. like he legitimately could be the third option on offense. And it's at, yeah. and at that point, it's like, what are we doing? Like, how are we going to talk about this guy once he's retired? This is so weird. He's one of the best players yeah. of all time, and he's the third option on a team? Like, what is happening? Kevin has done some, made some weird choices in his career because he could be – I mean, like, LeBron is going to challenge for, like, all-time score ever. Yeah. Like, Kevin should be the guy to do that. Oh. That should be Kevin's thing. Yeah, it should it should be like that's who he was built to it be. It should be like easy almost. It should be like this should happen as long as yes. he doesn't get injured. <laughs> yes. And even even after the injury, I mean, it's it is pretty it is pretty wild. And he wants to win NBA titles. That's great. I think this Nets team has a shot. I was texting my friend Peter about it last night that really all the Nets have to do is just get a few stops. Because they're going to score enough points, and if they can just get a few stops at the end of the game, you're you can you can definitely win. That's what happened with the Clippers. They just got a few a few stops. They had a Reggie Jackson who, under no circumstances, should be shooting whenever he's uh, playing with those guys, unless he's wide open under the basket. Uh, but he like took a pull up three, you know, with a few minutes left in the game. And you're just like, man, what are you doing? Like, you just can't you can't waste possessions when you're playing the Nets. Because they're just going to score. Well, that and they just—that's the thing. For other teams like this, when you get to the crunch time, there's inevitably going to be a game where somebody that you don't really want taking a shot is going to have to take and make a shot. And I just don't think that's mm-hmm. going to be the case with the Nets. Like one of those three guys is going to be able to get a shot every single time in crunch time. There will there will no there will not be any Robert Ori three for the Brooklyn Nets. Like that will never have to really happen. <laughs> like maybe Joe Harris could I mean, have that, but you don't need to do yeah. it. Yeah, no, you don't need to. Maybe it's Jeff Green. I mean, that's they were talking about this on the Basketball Buds pod for the Athletic NBA show on Monday that the worst case scenario for a shot in crunch time for the Nets is a Jeff Green wide open corner three. Yeah, that's the worst case scenario <laughs> for a shot. Hey, Jeff oh, Green shoot, and Jeff man. Green hit some game winners in uh, OKC. What was that game that he hit? He was did. that the Golden State? Yeah. And then against the Warriors, he, he yep. had the big. Uh, remember the dunk against Atlanta? I think it was on like MLK yeah. Day. It, it was on MLK. That Day. That was really yep. cool. Yep. <sighs> Shout out to Jeff, who looked like he was on his way out of the league a year and a half ago. Yeah, for sure. And even before that, when he had the heart condition, to be able to bounce back from that, he's had pretty yeah. awesome NBA career. He has as and it, and if you just I mean he was just miscast from the draft uh, as to like what he could be and then what he kind of he's really had honestly he hadn't really settled in until he got to Houston and then after, when he got to after he played in Houston last year it's like you, it's very clear what he yeah. is um, 
which yeah, good for him because you know to extend your NBA career and some of that is like relationships that he has that's it's always good to have good relationships with people in any working environment um and I think Jeff obviously has that with the guys he played with in OKC and they've taken care of him but it's, it was a good move for them too because he, he still has a lot left to give yeah. obviously but going back to Beal all this is to say that like yeah it might seem weird from the outside to us why Beal would want to stay there but I do think in this current climate it is admirable that he would be that open about what he wants to do and you could say the same thing about Giannis staying in Milwaukee I mean, I, I think yeah. we need to celebrate these guys because if we don't, we're just going to get more of these teams like the Nets and it's just going to be harder and harder for a team like an Oklahoma City to win a championship. I mean, if there's going to yeah. be three superstar teams a year and they're basically locked into the two finals positions, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. I, the, the NBA is better yeah. when each team kind of has their star all trying to do that Dirk model. Yeah, no doubt. They just need to have some success. And that's why people don't talk about like Lillard because he's he's had a degree of success in Portland. And Beal just hadn't had that. And that's been the that's been the biggest problem. That's why everybody thought thinks that he's going to eventually want to leave because they just have been atrocious. I mean, they've been very very bad this year. They've been very very bad last few years. That's why you're just like, "Oh, okay." This seems inevitable, but hopefully it's not. Hopefully he stays. Hopefully they can put a good team around him. Maybe they get a good pick in this draft, and they're able to develop, I don't know, Jonathan Kaminga or somebody alongside him, and then he actually has a running mate. That would be great. That would be great for Washington. I think that would be a really good thing for that team. And they've also been ravaged by COVID. They're, you know, It's been a really awful situation for them. They haven't played a ton of games this year. They have missed a ton of guys when they have played so you know Denny Avdia could be end up being a good player for them there's there's still a lot of basketball to be played for Washington but it's been it's been brutal (laughs) it's been a brutal season for them so far uh any predictions for tonight Alex uh only prediction is that uh top shot will not be dropping a pack I was up till midnight last night (laughs) me and the L man were on the phone refreshing F5-ing and uh, nothing happened. No. And I'm anticipating that will be the same story tonight. Be another wasted night. Are you predicting a big Dort game tonight? Um, no, I think we're we're, we're in the, the Bays era now. I don't know how long it's going to last, <laughs> but um, I'm anticipating another okay. big Bays game. Okay, big Bays night, which means bad Dort night. Hopefully they'll uh, make the switch soon. So... Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.